With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. We're going to talk about DraftKings real quick. This DraftKings Sportsbook is not only my favorite sportsbook, but also America's top-rated sportsbook. Put those hands on those hearts and say the national anthem with DraftKings, of course. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook. It's easy to navigate. There's plenty of instructions for noobs like myself. A limitless ways to get in on all the action. Uh, go ahead and parlay anything you can think of. Uh, my loved ones have been loving. A lot of love. The DraftKings Sportsbook. And I know you will, too. This is great off of DraftKings Sportsbook. putting you courtside. I know this is a hockey podcast, but there are other sports. So the chance to turn $1 to $100 in site credits. That's right. Pick any basketball team. Still in contention. And next season, it could be the Pistons. Yeah. Bring that Cape Cunningham. Throw down. Boom. Bet $1, and if that team wins, you win $100 in site credits. Don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook also offers great odds and promotions on baseball, hockey, Mm -hmm. and so much more all week long. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and draw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits. Bet on the one basketball team of your choice to win in their next game, and if they do, you will claim $100 in free credits. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Wager paid out inside credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, call one 800 with it. Red Wings Rant, brought to you by the Brothers of Discussion of the Hockey Podcast Network, where tirades and impassioned pleas about your Detroit Red Wings finally have a home tonight. Uh, we're going to pick up our uh, pick 22 that we're getting from uh, the Washington Caps, of course. Uh, if there's a goaltender in that spot we could get instead of uh, Jesper Ballstadt. Also, let's jump back to number six. Uh, we'll take a look at Simon Edmondson. We'll take a deeper dive. And then uh, we'll ask some questions about who's left. In the uh, Stanley Cup uh, conference final, kind of, wait, semifinals. Can't call it conference finals. Um, and uh, who we'd like to emulate and, of course, celebrate that a Detroit sports team landed the number one pick in the draft lottery. <laughs> yeah, we won one. All right. Finally. Uh, it's but- been uh, 50 years. Yeah, I know you had a couple guys you wanted to talk about today, and we're trying to get these episodes as you know time effective as possible. And uh, 
I know there's a couple prospects that you wanted to bring up, Matt. And uh, is it Simon Edvinson, six foot five defenseman, or is it uh, your boy Kosa? Not Hosa, Kosa, the six foot six monster goalie. Um, yeah, re- real fail from uh, Elite Prospects, uh, where normally you can click on the name pronunciation. Nothing for Sebastian Kosa. So we're going with Kosa, just like Hosa. And you guys can comment however you're supposed to pronounce it, and uh, I'll try and read that and figure it out. Um, now, <clears throat> I, I brought can I ask up- you before yeah. you dive into this, because yeah. we talked about being Tampa Bay, and this definitely feels like a year where we're going for either that uh, – the six foot six Godzilla, uh, Sebastian Kosa, or uh, the six three Wallstead. Have you seen anything besides um, their elite size um, to tell us that these are going to be excellent goalies going forward? I'm not. I'm not saying that they don't have it and that they don't have the ability. But every scouting report I've seen is just, man, look at the elite size. Well, I think. Um, if, if we go back to Wallstead and I'd ask everyone to go to our, uh, you go to our YouTube channel episodes labeled as such. I'd went <clears throat> pretty deep into why I don't like goalies in the first round or at least uh, in the top 10. And then, uh, I went pretty deep though, into why Wallstead might be the guy that, um, I would make it worth this year, like 2021 draft. It is Wallstead. This would be why. And it, it's something where he's either had way too much success playing with his own age group or moving up to the next age group and still being like MVP level success, MVP level statistics. And what his coaches kept coming back to was maturity and uh, like his decision making. So where that decision making comes into play for a goaltender is where he's going to put himself positionally when there's particular plays coming down on him and what they see is a guy who's making veteran like decisions. So, and you come back to him moving up different levels faster than where other goaltenders would move, or just, you know what, any forward, any defenseman would move from uh, their own age group, moving up into a more mature age group. I mean, he he's doing that at such a speed that you also get to play the game and this is where it makes it easier for me to draft a guy in the top 10, like Jesper Wallstedt, where he's going to develop quicker than other goaltenders. And you could make the argument, maybe he's ready to go. Maybe you're ready to give him a shot. If not this year, next year, um, with how quickly he's developing. And again, going back to what his coaches have said with his smart veteran-like decision-making that he's not putting himself out of position and he is taking the right risks and chances. So I am taking other people's word on it. I'm taking his coach's words on it, which again, you can find at eliteprospects.com. And I'm kind of putting that all together and saying, all right, you've got a guy who's acting like a veteran. You get to cut down some of the development. And by some accounts, some accounts, he's the best goalie prospect to come out of a draft since Carey Price. Um, So the other part of this too is, is uh, we talked about emulating um, either the Montreal Canadiens or the Tampa Bay Lightning, you're still emulating the Tampa Bay Lightning if you take Jesper Volstad because you're getting Andre Vasilevsky. I'm not, I'm not saying you are. <laughs> I'm not saying you're getting Andre Vasilevsky, but you're playing I that take. game of, of yeah. you're trying to fit him into that slot. All right, just don't. I'm not saying he's instantly Vasilevsky. I'm saying you're trying to you know generate like those Don Lachizan, uh tables where you've got your 
you need your uh, two elite forwards on the first line. You need top six guys in your middle six. You need your elite Norse defensemen, and then you need top two defensemen in your in your middle two slot. Okay, so you got to mix all those together into like that Dom Lachizan table. But do you put do you trust that you'll find the right goaltender in unrestricted free agency? Are you going to trade for the right goaltender? Which you know, Andre Vasilevsky was drafted by Steve Eiserman. So do you just draft Andre Vasilevsky, quote unquote, and pick up yes for Falstat? That's your goalie of the future and move forward. And eventually, yeah, sure, you're paying him $10 million. But even by my own account, where I say I hate paying goaltenders so much money, they want a cup. So, and they're about to win another cup. So isn't that, that's the situation you want to be in, right? Like, you want to be mad at Steve Eiserman later for spending so much money that got us a Stanley Cup. We don't want to be mad at him for not pulling the trigger, right? I, I mean, is that is that kind of the argument we want to get into, or um, uh, not? You and I getting into an argument, but uh, our, our future pains will be ah, this goddamn salary cap, these two cups. Why couldn't it be three cups? Like that's what we want. <laughs> we, <laughs> I'm going to be honest, Matt. I uh, I will be stunned if Eiserman doesn't take one of these giant goalies. I all right. With, so go ahead. <laughs> not at the not at, not with our number six. Um, with our second first round pick. Um, I, I just this and, it just kind of feels right. And anybody like shitting their britches right now at the the thought of Wallstead going that deep like of us of us picking up Wallstead at uh, the 22 that'd be quite a luxury at 22 it would <laughs> we'll probably be Kosa if either of them are still sitting there but yeah right. but and I, I would I would make the argument too like based on what we see on on Kosa like I could share his elite prospects page it it's it's a step down from his skill ratings that come from uh, all the you know, who's ever running elite prospects over there when they're viewing these guys and, and generating numbers for them. They're a step below Wallstead. Um, and you're probably talking two more years of development, to be completely honest. Um, but I was going to say that the idea of Wallstead dropping that far is at least possible. And, and I think the Red Wings could play the game if they absolutely wanted him. They saw him at a spot in the middle of the first round and they wanted to trade up with that 22 and give up maybe a second round pick or maybe two second rounds to get them. I'd be, I guess I'd be definitely more okay with that than just going Wallstead and that's our job in the, or that's our guy in the first round. But if I, I'll finish making my point, the reason it's reasonable is I'm just going to go back to uh, the athletic did a mock draft. Uh, they do the top 15 picks. Wallstead nowhere to be found. I'm just putting that out there. Look, it, it's possible for the guy to fall back. If all of these other guys who are, you know, uh, covering these teams every night and they get to speak to the GMs, see enough in what the GMs are looking for to say he's probably not going to get picked that high. Maybe not probably, but there's that chance. That's where the conversation at least starts. Now, do I expect that to happen? No. There. Then there's the uh, the NHL scouts who have also looked at that list. <laughs> comments made by Corey Promen's article on The Athletic where there's absolutely no way Wallstead's making it out of the top 10. So there's there's those thoughts too. But I'm still saying, you know, there there is that possibility. Um, now here we go. 
Uh, what, year, what pick was got, Eskarov? Wasn't he 11 last year? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I, I hated it, but uh, a lot of people loved it. I, I still... I also thought it's it just, kind of sucked that Pecorine had to be the guy that went out and announced it. Hey, I'm, I'm yeah. heading out, guys. Here's that drop. Should I just keep walking? Or Okay. Uh, you know, Red Wings are, uh, we know they like stockpiling draft picks. And, uh, right. This is, this is such a, this is such a tough year because we haven't been able to fully scout everybody. We've been getting either che- uh, shortened seasons, canceled seasons because of COVID. I just wonder, is there any kind of window where we, we bundle a few of these and spend, you know, uh, like a dollar fifty to the dollar to overspend to move up in the first to get one of these goalies? I think if any team would like if if you were going to sit here and tell me a team would would do it, I would have no problem. You would it would take very little to convince me that Steve Eisman was going to be the guy to do it. And. Like you, you pick up all these draft picks and you have this uncertain year. A lot of people have said, just pick up more draft picks. I've said that. And you're going to increase your chances of at least picking up one guy that's going to fit into this top six uh, from a forward perspective, top four from a defensive perspective. And you're hoping, you know, maybe there's a goalie that could sniff a spot and, you know, that's the hardest one to grab. Um, So you make the argument, do you just keep grabbing up more picks to try to increase those chances? Or, Mike, were we collecting all these picks because we were going to take advantage of a guy who looks to be a sure thing, move up in the draft, get that sure thing, and get out of here? Because if we walk away and we're short three or four picks from what we started with in the draft, but we know we have a sure thing, that's fine. That's what you want. Chances are most of our picks are not going to sniff the NHL. And that's that's a fact. Like that's a stat that any you know. You go to Prashant Dyer's uh, blogs, and you can check out how many times guys have been drafted. You know, third round or later, second round or later, uh, actually make it into the into the NHL. It's a very low number. So uh, if you can, if you pick up, if you're gonna move up, and you're gonna find a year to do it because you don't want to, you, you're a rebuilding team. You don't want to miss out on this draft. You don't want to end up being the team that has to draft Atu Ratu, who looks like he's really fallen off the face of the earth uh, from a prospect perspective. You don't want to be the team stuck in that position, taking him, and then leave the first round and have nothing. When you're rebuilding, you can't have a throwaway year. So that's where yeah. you got to have. You, you either got to move up in the first round, or you know, trust that you really are getting something solid. Uh, with with what's available, I, I actually I'm glad you brought up this stuff because I I think this is now my new smart point that I'm going to take into the well, the draft. <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to pick a team for us to trade with, and I, I got to say one of the teams that definitely jumps out at me, and it's because they've already invested, uh, you know, publicly. Um, you know, they get all their beat writers talking about them. Is uh, what is his name, Shesterkin, uh, mm-hmm. the Rangers goalie. And they're picking at 15. So if the picks start to come in and, you know, teams are still picking up skaters, that Rangers at 15, that's right about where I expect both of those goalies to probably be gone. So if miracle of miracles, you know, one or, you know, one, maybe even two of those guys are still hanging out there. I I can't see Wallstead going that far, but maybe that would be our, our team to kind of pick on. Um, or at least, you know, give them a call and, you know, yeah. see if they want to get fleeced by Eiserman. 
I like that. And a lot of people forget, too. Like, this is going to be ongoing, right? As we move through the draft. Because we just we just fleeced them recently for stall. Right. So you got to think they want to get fleeced again, you know. <laughs> well, they, they have, uh, you know, they just picked up Gerard Gallant. So maybe they want one of our... Maybe they don't even want our draft picks, but they want, like... Uh, Tyler Bertuzzi because Gallant's coming in and his first press conference was, was him saying, we're going to challenge for a playoff spot. We're, we're ready to go. Uh, that's, that's his perspective. So if they're going to go move forward with that, uh, they're going to need probably a few more veterans to fill out the rest of that roster. And when we go back to like that Dom Lachizan cell and you make up that table of, of those guys who are supposed to be elite, uh, and you, you accidentally fit them into your middle six, or uh, maybe not elite, but could be a top line forward on another team. You're going to put them in your middle six. Uh, that's where Tyler Bertuzzi might come into play. And uh, North Moto, um, you mentioned earlier. Uh, yeah, you want to throw Bert and two first round picks and Chalowski for Eichel. Um, I'm I'm not ready for Eichel, but. If you want to get rid of Burt, I, I think that would be a, a landing spot that would make sense to give New York a little bit more grit, and it is going to help them fill out this lineup where they can they can have a little bit more balance of of because uh, right now they've got a lot of super skill going, and and they need somebody that's missing some teeth like uh, like Burt. So that could be something where we're moving up. You know, just give them give them. Uh, restricted free agent contract like have them figure that out we're not necessarily going to sign Bert and then trade away that juicy contract we'll just say here you get the rights figure out this restricted free agent contract um yeah you and, know, and I like, they can I like fill out that roster now and go into the playoffs now rather than playing the rebuild game that we're still playing which is uh north moto why i'm not ready to jump on eichel right now um but i got i get it like we played the game too eichel seemed like fun I don't know. I feel like if it was Chalowski, sure. But uh, I feel like a lot has to go. I mean, no <laughs> has to go back to Buffalo to make that happen. I don't know. I I'm scared. Uh, if we were talking with like uh, talking with Buffalo for Eichel, I, I think the names of Lucas Raymond and Mort Sider are uh, being brought up because they need they need something. Yeah, I, they gotta I go. Mean, you forget that Eichel, like, I feel like his name's just, you know, been an NHL name for forever. And the dude's 24. Um, he's making 10 mil, which, you know, for what he can be, that's still a bargain. Um, I, I think it would easily take both of our first round picks. And like you said, you know, but probably Cider. Um, I don't know who else they would really want. <laughs> uh, prospect wise, I, I don't know if they want our. Do you think Raymond would do it? I I feel like it would take Raymond and a piece, but it would probably be two first and cider. You know what's funny in, in this situation? They're probably going, uh, where's it? give me that Jakob Verana. That's uh, the best player you've got. You, you give us your best player. You can have our best player like that. I don't like Buffalo is in such a horrible position that they have to resell the idea of a rebuild when this team never really they never built. Pete. Yeah, they never built. So they're rebuilding on ground floor. <laughs> <laughs> Man, who says no uh, for North Moto's trade idea? Two firsts, Chalowski. Oh, my God. Um, I I don't know. God, I, I really 
Who says no first? All right. Buffalo. Buffalo is going to say no first. Uh, now, if we throw in Burt, now I, I say Detroit saying no. Because um, I don't know. That seems like a lot. Because Burt is at least along the lines of you get something that's going to help you now. It's just, you know, Burt's not changing your team to being a playoff contender the way Eichel is, is so good. Like, you put him on the right team, and you're you're going from meh, meh to Eichel you know, and Verona. Right. North Moto's still going. He, he just threw in Larkin now. So everybody, oh, North Moto, come on. We can't throw in Larkin. It's the heartbeat of the great. team. North Moto, um, get out of here. What are you doing? You rascal. <laughs> I love it. Throw in Larkin. Uh, um, take, all right, here's the last one. Take take Bert and Chalowski out and add Larkin. Two firsts and a Larkin. Oh, man. Um, so here's think, the thing. I Mike, think then you're, the, I think then you're getting quick. on the, the scary side of uh, uh, becoming the Boston Celtics, who <laughs> would take their homegrown talent and trade it away for, you know, slight upgrades. And I'm not saying Larkin is, you know, made at the Eichel level, but I just mean he means too much to the city to do that kind of trade where I don't think it's, you know, it's not a Kucherov that you're bringing in. I don't think... I wouldn't put Eichel with Kucherov. Can we can we agree on that? Well, one of the best the scoring position. forwards in the world. Yeah, but the positions are still different. Like now, you're fi- you're filling, um, you're filling the like the center spot that is is more difficult. Some would argue to fill than than the wing. So, I would if I was the Red Wings, I would say no. We're not no. That would be a, a big no for me. So uh, North Moto threw in there because uh, I was going to ask you, but I don't know if two first round picks and Larkin is a, is that's too much for us. I think. Right, and I th- I think we're still in that position where uh, we can underpay Larkin. Like we're we're gonna have way more flexibility having him, and then waiting for our Eichel to eventually arrive um, instead of paying Eichel now and losing first round picks and then hoping that Eichel just turns the franchise over. Because we have to, if we're trading for Eichel, then we absolutely, like, it's not, we can, We have to put an offer out, Mike. We're not just putting an offer out. We have to land Dougie Hamilton. We probably have to land Seth Jones. We probably <laughs> have to walk away from this free agency, like, knocking it out of the park. Because that that's something that is, it's franchise altering. And you you have to make a play now for every move going forward to make like if you're if you're spending the money on one player, that means uh, you've got to you've got to make the money back in the playoffs. So you've got to you've got to be that team that can make it that far. Um, and I don't know if adding Eichel and losing Larkin and two first round picks puts us in a playoff conversation. I think Eichel is a massive upgrade over Dylan Larkin. I have no problem saying that. But I do think a lot comes from having the salary that Larkin has, having him being a Michigan-born kid from Waterford, the marketing, the free marketing you get from that, like the free PR you get from a guy who's born and raised in Michigan is your captain of your team, and you're not paying him $10 million, paying him $4 million less, that's... That's huge. And I, I think Larkin does fit in as a captain of the Detroit Red Wings, not 
for anybody else, but I, I think he does fit in here. I, I absolutely, we've already talked about on the show. He is, he's not the, um, <sighs> he's never going to be like that top line center. That's going to get us that Stanley cup. But I, I think he's the captain that could be a part of that team. Um, I one, think, one yeah, thing. when I said uh, Eichel, he does say Eichel fits the timeline with age. Mm. I, I still, my only argument with the timeline is, is salary coming into play. And when you start paying a guy that much, you've got to, you've got to perform better. And that's where Buffalo's in so much heat is, uh, they suck every year and they <laughs> spend so much. Um, here, here we go. This is, <laughs> I love Larkin, but Eichel would expedite the rebuild. I still think like it's still just. But one I feel like you're, the problem is that you're giving up three assets for one guy. Yeah. And we have so much more roster to fill out, and we've already seen what Eichel does on you know a Buffalo team that actually put in some effort free agent wise the past couple seasons. And you know maybe that's more about coaching and the you know the system over there, but All right, it wasn't an immediate switch flip where you know Buffalo was this outstanding you know run and gun team. Um, but, you know, they're still missing something. And I don't think the Red Wings giving away all those assets for him, which would be an upgrade for Larkin, but you're also sacrificing, you know, it could have been two other, you know, maybe top six, top nine players. I don't think we're ready for it. I, I will say I'm not ready for it. North Moto, I do respect everything that you're saying because I, I if it was Larkin for Eichel straight up, one for one, or if we're playing the game, do I wish we had Eichel instead of Larkin? I, I think that, you know, that changes so many different things that happen along the way. And clearly you'd like to think that we'd well, be a lot more competitive. Thing, the but... other thing too is that's operating in a video game bubble. Because if you're going to put on this whole, you know, uh, song and dance about, you know, we're going to go a season without a captain and see who earns it. And then Larkin, you know, goes out of his way to own it, you know, uh, culturally in the locker room, on the ice, effort-wise, and then you immediately trade them. I think it just, it's easy in a video game because, you know, you're, you're not selling a culture to other people when they come to the team. You know, but if you want advocates when you're the general manager, you're the coach, um, to kind of help build that culture, I think you kind of have to stick with Larkin at this point. Um, even if they did come calling for a one-for-one -one trade, that would be a tough move to make uh, because of what they've invested into that guy as a, as a person. I think it would be kind of tough. Um, I don't know. Do you, maybe I'm putting too much weight into that, but I, I just think that when you're, you're trying to, you know, maybe seduce is the wrong word, but bring in free agents, um, you know, talk people into staying, uh, talk people into negotiating uh, long-term contracts. It's guys like Larkin. It's, it's going to mean a lot coming from Iserman. Right, it's going to mean a lot coming from a coach you want to play for, but it's also going to be a guy like Larkin to be like, you know, they're really trying to build something good here. Um, you know, it's that thing that you know it's part of the reason we joked about Bobby Ryan earlier, but uh, you know, when he sees how players like Larkin are treated, how they, you know, um, the the kind of time that they put into their players, that's that's not a small thing. We've seen teams that you know fuck that up and. Buffalo's one of them, and that's why people can't wait to escape. So I, in a video game, in a bubble, yeah, it's probably a better overall to get Eichel, but, man, 
keeping that culture and, and making people feel like this is a good place to play, whew, that is really tough to get. So if Larkin is part of that, I it would be a hard, hard move to make. No, that's that's uh, that's a great point. Like I, I think that's the point that we gotta stick with. Um, and I love video games. I just love trade for I, man, yeah. I trade for Patrick Kane every time. You hate me for it. So. I, <laughs> I, I was going back on my most recent run on uh, NHL twenty one, and I I realized I traded Lucas Raymond after like four seasons. Uh, so I I mean I'll let anybody go. No nobody's on this team. The only guy who stuck around through it all. Actually, two guys. Sorry, Bill Narkin, Moritz Sider. That's it. Everybody else, it's a hot potato. <laughs> Just come on. Yeah. Um, so let's. I, I. We still didn't really get a chance. I, I'm going to pull up uh, some highlights just so I can put something on YouTube later. Um, so okay. to wrap up uh, the conversation with Wallstead and and Kosa, I think Wallstead's somebody that uh, if we're drafting somebody else at six, and maybe we'll talk about who that could be. I wouldn't yeah. mind playing the game later on in the middle of the first round that uh, Steve wants to move up. Uh, but another guy who could very well be available, and we've already mentioned, would be Sebastian Kosa. Um, and like we talked about, certainly the number two. No, not sniffing number one. Certainly the number two goaltender prospect uh, for the 2021 draft. Um, I, I think just to wrap it up, the, the conversation – Mike, if we don't do any trading up, we land the likes of – we're going to talk about Simon Edmondson in a second. We're, we're both thumbs up on Sebastian Kosa for that second first-round pick. Yeah, I like that idea a lot. Um, but I feel like all three of these names that we're bringing up, because there's so few scouting reports, it just feels like all those guys are going to be gone – um, the two monster goalies that kind of, you know, put themselves apart from the other goalie prospects. And then Edvinson, it really feels like the the love for him, whether you're doing uh, uh, hockey news, whether you're on, um, God, what is the one I'm paying for? Bless America. Uh, the Athletic. Everybody's drooling over this guy, not just because it's, you know, again, the size. They keep talking about the size, uh, but that he's, he's deft. Uh, he knows how to skate. And you don't get a lot of six foot five, you know, defensemen who can skate like him. So I, I will be shocked if we get the option to choose um, one of those guys all the way down without trading up. Um, it just seems like these guys are going to be, you know, so heavily talked about. They're all going to be gone. <laughs> that's the thing I've been. Jesus, <laughs> I can't. I almost died right there. Uh, that's the thing I've been bringing up the last couple of weeks is how many different guys you could probably take at six that look like they're going to be available uh, in, the, in the middle middle of the first round. Um, but Simon Edmondson, I, I, I put him as my most likely on my list, only because if you look at the consolidated ranking from Elite Prospects, which I challenge everybody to take a peek at every week, that's where I'm getting – that's where I start my research. Um, but that's where, that's where Simon Edmondson, and we're showing his highlights right now, that's where he's located. And uh, you bring up the Frolunda connections, SHL connections, um, and like you already mentioned, I mean, yeah, I just I've seen lists where like yeah, he's like you know the number two (laughs) defensive prospect this year. So I'm gonna be shocked if he drops all the way to the twenties for the. Oh no, I not not twenties. Just oh, you had him at six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not sorry. It's like whoo, that's a that's ambitious. (laughs) That's optimistic right there. 
No, 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 no. Um, I, I think uh, what I, I was just talking about um, drafting a goalie at, at 22. Um, so at number six, th- this is just one of the fellers I hadn't talked about yet. So I, um, what you've missed, Mike, uh, we've gone through uh, William Eklund and then uh, tried to take a peek at Chaz Lucius, who's who's getting some uh, some love. Mason McTavish uh, getting a lot of love too. Some guys that uh, are ranked pretty high in one spot and like. Uh, like Mason McTavish is ranked like fifth, I think, at elite prospects, but then he's 29th on Dauber prospects. So it's one Whoa. of those things where it's it's all over the place. But both of those guys have have amazing shots. Uh, but with Simon Edmondson, getting back on that conversation, you want to take him at six. Um, that's and that's that's our official statement. We're not talking about taking him at 22. Jesus. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're talking about the possibility, Mike. Could we be locking up? We'd be locking up that top, top two. defensive pairing of all yeah. time. Uh, I mean, you've got it right here. EP ringside. He, he defends well with his reach. And that's, of course, going back to that six foot five reach. Maintains strong gap control. Slippery when controlling the puck. So you, you like that idea, too, that if we're going to be transitioning from the defensive uh, zone to the offensive zone, he's someone that's not just making that first good pass. He, he's moving the puck as well. Um, Anders uh, Erickson is head coach. Uh, very technically skilled defenseman, good skater, mobile, strong in his own end, even more so in the offensive zone. So, I mean, those strong words, right? Uh, and then um, draft in Europe. Uh, so this is just another prospect uh, ranking system. Poised and smooth, heads up. Uh, he's able to navigate through the neutral zone and compete, uh, complete controlled ozone entries with regularity. Um, I, I will go back to this, Mike. Uh, we talked, uh, if, if I do split this up into two episodes, this will be a little confusing, but we talked earlier about the success of the Montreal Canadiens. Their goals come in on like the first, like, their goals against the Vegas Golden Knights come in on like the first 15 seconds of their zone entries. So we are trying to figure out who are we going to emulate? Like who, who can you build a team, uh, like quickly? and find success and, and turn into a playoff team. And we we're, we we're talking about the Montreal Canadiens. Maybe that's not the first team on your list, but maybe you can emulate them in some way. Then you need zone entries. And so far, you've got his head coach and then two different prospect ranking systems that are talking about his ability to just get the puck in the zone. A, an expert in doing so, as it appears, because nobody wants to talk about anything else but his ability to just get around his opponent and get the puck out of his zone and into the opponent's zone. I, you're, you're talking about something that should be number one on everybody's list when they're when they're trying to build like their prospect rankings, uh, or especially from a defenseman perspective. I don't know. Like I don't. I don't want to sit here and go. Well, um, <laughs> setting up Shea Weber is, is the only thing you ever want out of a defenseman. You want a 108 mile an hour slap shot. No, like this is it. This is what can happens. I, can I have? Uh, how about in one draft we get our Victor Hedman and we get our Vasilevsky? How about that? <laughs> well, let's do that. Right, no I mean, and and we probably uh, one of the things that Mort Sider is going to walk away from the SHL from is also high success rate on zone exits and zone entries. So we could at least uh, we could play the game, Mike. We either have. Top two defensemen that we've been looking for to fill out that Dom Lachizan, uh table, or we have two different defensive pairings that can carry the puck in and out of the zone, no problem, lickety split. 
Um, I, to me, that that's what it's all about. And, uh, you know, another element that would be important here is Troy Stetcher's also been very successful with doing that. So you're trying to build up this team and you split those guys up between two lines, which is silly because we don't even have Simon Edmondson yet. But if we did get to draft him, <laughs> you've got... Oh, I have this bad feeling he's getting picked at number five, just to break my heart. Well, um, if we go back to Anzar Khan, he's going number two. So, Remember? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I've brought that up literally every episode I've recorded. No, the ones I've seen, everybody's pillaging from Michigan, uh, like University of Michigan. And then uh, throwing a Hughes in there. Uh, that's what I've seen. Yeah, I saw I, it, That's That's the thing I keep coming back to. Was, and part of the reason why I said maybe you do draft a goalie in the top 10. Because these rankings are so volatile. Like, they're they're going in they're so, so many fluid. different directions. Yeah. Yeah, no, nobody's landed on these are the top five guys. And that goes back to what Anzar Khan embarrassed himself with. Was when Steve Eiserman said, there isn't a top five. There's, there's no top 10. There's just... There's no, there's no future Detroit Piston Kate Cunningham in this draft. Right. No, yeah, we're not getting Kate Cunningham here. Um, <laughs> someone is, argue... is that Iserman in the war room? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's him calling Anzar Khan and yelling at him after the press conference. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have fucking Kate Cunningham. All right. <laughs> um, I, I've ar- I have already started fantasizing about, like, uh, oh, let me shut this down. Like, you know, they used to do, like, the Barry Sanders and Steve Eiserman, uh, like, photo shoots kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, who else would you get? You'd get, like, Tony Clark or Bobby Higginson. And, Ooh. Um, Man, what a name drop. <laughs> and uh, Chucky Hill. Atkins, lace him up. Grant, Grant Hill was a good one for those oh, two. Oh, I was going to um, do Chucky Atkins. but uh, <laughs> Or the alternators, John Barry for three. <laughs> Um, I, I've already been wondering, like, is it going to be like Dylan Larkin and Cade, or are we going to do Lucas Raymond, Mort Sider? I mean, Mort Sider, he very photogenic. You get him whipping that hair around. I, I don't know. <laughs> Matt, I'm hoping that uh, Cunningham will be taking pictures with Edvinson and Kosa. <laughs> I mean, really, we hope he's taking pictures with Shane Wright. I, I think I, that. <laughs> Next year. Well, uh, <laughs> um, man, I just I can't talk about this draft too much because I'm going to get my hopes up that we're going to have um, our pretend Tampa Bay draft where we get yeah, our headman and Vasilevsky. Oh, but we've got our two oh. episodes locked in. I think uh, North Moto, I, I can't thank you <laughs> enough for bringing up uh, the Eichel trade situation. Um, we did. We brought it up in a past episode, but it is so much fun to uh, to like fan, uh, fantasy book. Um Sorry, I, I had to leave you hanging there because we had the other uh, sh- uh, show topics we wanted to bring up. And plus, I can hear my babies crying, so I got to run. Uh, but Mike, thank you for uh, returning. I've been promising everybody, like I promised, Red Wings ran episodes. We'll be back to what we've been doing. Uh, we finally have returned. And uh, hey, we'll get two episodes out of this. So, uh, hey, now. Bingo, bingo. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody, thank you for making us the most watched hockey podcast network show on youtube face ow in your face ow it hurts other network (laughs) ow it hurts like by a mile oh by the way all right uh everybody again (laughs) thank you so much Uh, um yeah i love it cunningham
funny. <laughs> <laughs>